Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Today's episode we're going to be talking about Turning Red. So this is a new Disney Plus film and that pains me right at the start because when you first watch this film it comes up with the Disney Plus logo of course and then it says original but it's not, okay it's not a f- Disney Plus original, alright, it was made for theatres, and then right the last minute, just a couple of months ago, they said, actually, we're going to shift it to a Disney Plus release, you know, straight to streaming, so you can't say it's an original, right, you just can't, but they did, and that kind of annoyed me right from the get-go, but look, this film is good, okay, this film is very good, it's very fun, looks fantastic, the visuals are incredible, I don't think it's my favourite Pixar film, I don't, I don't know where I'd rank it, to be fair, I think... It's a lot better than most of the recent ones. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of Luca last year and Soul just before that. I think they're good and they're fine, but I I didn't... I I don't think it's Pixar. I don't think it's classic Pixar. When you think of Pixar, the first ones that jump to your mind, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Up, The Incredibles, those sorts of films. Then recently, they've started going in different directions, starting with Onward and Soul and Luca and now this, Turning Red. And I think while it's great they're doing they're doing something different uh, to try and make it more inclusive, which is fantastic. But at the same time, you look at the older Pixar films that worked, it was never about being inclusive or it was never about showcasing a minority or showcasing a different culture that hasn't had light shed on it before. Because before it was about toys or it was about fish or it was about monsters. And yes, to an extent, maybe that is doing something good, showcasing light on different perspectives, but they're monsters or they're fish or inanimate objects. Okay, they're not white, stereotypical American families, except for the Incredibles, of course, but... Now we've got Turning Red, which focuses on a Chinese-Canadian young girl, 13-year-old girl, who experiences changes and, quite literally, turning into a red panda whenever she gets too excited. And it's basically a metaphor. Well, it's, it's not a metaphor. It's quite explicit. She gets her first period, and when things start to change, that's when she becomes this panda. Now, at first, I was not aware of this because... I was kind of avoiding the trailers, because when it first got announced, I think last year, I thought, okay, that looks interesting, I'm not going to watch any trailers, because I did the same for Encanto, and Encanto blew me away, so I thought, I'll do the same with this, alright, I won't watch any trailers, I did see the trailer occasionally, and it looked good, it looked completely fine, Um, I liked the fact it was set in Toronto, so that's getting a bonus point already right there, but I didn't really pick up on the fact that this would be about a young girl experiencing her period. So maybe that's either me being a guy, me not paying attention to the trailer, or C, Disney are trying to cover it up, they're trying to make it seem like this cultural and Red Panda themed adventure film, right, and not what it is, which is a young girl experiencing these changes and going through it, you know, which I think would have been perfectly fine if they advertised it as that. So I'm not going to criticise that too much because, like I said, I didn't pay attention to the trailer. I wasn't explicitly watching it like, wow, I'm going to analyse the shit out of this. I just found it quite surprising. I had heard about it recently, of course, that it was an explicit take on getting a period. And it makes total sense. You know, Turning Red is quite a, quite a graphic title if you think about it. And I do like how they changed up with making it specific to the Chinese heritage in the fact that the Red Panda was a part of this family's heritage and she's turning into one. And it was fun okay it was a fun take on that but i would have advertised that more i would have made it clear right from the get-go this is what it's about we're not afraid you know we're not hiding it because i I can't help but feel like they were trying to cover it up slightly 
But now the film's been released and the critics are watching it and now they're saying it's a more mature film for Pixar because you look at Inside Out and that's all about going through the motions and changes and your feelings and whatnot. But it was never this explicit. Okay, this is by far their most... I, I don't know what the word is. It's not bad. It's not like grotesque. It's not, um, it's not anything to be ashamed of. I just think this is their most mature film to date in terms of dealing with emotions in such a literal form. So that right there is good. I think the plot is good. The way it's told is very good too. The director, Domi Shi, this is her first film, first major film. She directed the short film Bao a couple of years back, which was great about the little dumpling. But what I like about this is how she was born in 1989. So in 2002, when this film is set, she would have been 13, exactly the same age that young Mei Lin is in this film. So by having the main character Mei as a 13-year-old girl, that's kind of representative of the director. So I love it when directors are allowed to do this and when a studio like Pixar and Disney, when they give creative reign over to the director fully. I love that. The visuals, like I said, are fantastic. Okay, it looks gorgeous. It's a very fun-looking film. Some incredible designs, and the characters themselves, they look... Okay, this is my issue. They look good, and I'm not saying that it's lazy, because you cannot say any animated film except for Sing 2, because it's just a carbon copy of the first one. You cannot say that work on an animated film is particularly lazy, because the work that has gone into it is no doubt insane. and such hard work, but they do a great job every time. However, in this film... Everybody wears the same clothes, right? There's only a couple of scenes when they're playing dodgeball or whether they're dressed up in the merchandise for this 4... I almost said 4chan, but 4chan's the Reddit thing. For, um... You know what? I cannot even remember the name of the group. That's not good. That's not good. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. 4town. There we go. So 4town is um, the name of the group. It's basically like BTS. So they are the big pop group at the moment. And I forgot my point. I don't know what I was going to say. Okay, so all the characters are dressed exactly the same throughout the film, which takes place over multiple days, multiple weeks. It takes place over pretty much the whole of May, but they're all wearing exactly the same clothes every single day. Now, I'm pretty sure this is the same for any film out there, but I don't know why it was just this film in particular that made me notice it. But there's a line in the film when somebody asks, have you been working out because you stink? because she just turned into the red panda, so of course she's going to smell. But then it got me thinking, they're all wearing the same clothes day in, day out. They're either like Barry B. Benson having multiple different outfits, all black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, or they are all smelly themselves. Now, half me thinks kids are going to watch this, and they're going to want to dress like the characters. It would make sense for all the characters to be wearing the same things all the way through the movie, because that sells merchandise, right? It just does. That's the Disney way. But also, why is there no uniqueness, right? Why is there no speciality between these characters? Yes, all of their clothes are individual, and yes, while they go to school, they could have been wearing a school uniform. That would have just made everybody look the same. But in doing so, they still look the same because they wear the same clothes every single f day. So I don't really know why they've done that other than the merchandising thing. However, I do think it's clever when each member of the family that May is part of, they have something unique to encompass. I'm trying to work my way around spoilers carefully here, but they each have unique little things to contain the red panda spirits in a nutshell. So I like the individuality that people have there, but I just think it would have been good to actually have characters wear something different. 
because that's not something to be afraid of, you know? <laughs> anyway, the film is good. It didn't wow me that much. I thought it was very well told, and like I said, the visuals, the design, it looks completely different to any other Pixar film done before, which is fantastic, you know, it's very good. Okay, somebody got in trouble the other day for saying this isn't the kind of film that appeals to me because I'm not the target audience, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. Okay, I think this is a film and a story that everybody should listen to and pay attention to because it is such a taboo subject. Right, this isn't the kind of thing that would have been seen like 20 years ago when Monsters Inc. came out. So I think it's good that we're progressing as society to be able to tell stories like this, absolutely. But I'm not a woman for starters, so I don't know what it's like. I haven't been through that, but I think it's a very important film and I liked it. I liked the way it was telling it because, yes, obviously it's telling it with a bit of poetic license here and there because obviously nobody actually turns into a giant red panda when they experience those pains, but... I think it's something we all need to be aware of, and I think it's all something, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to talk about, you know? I'm the kind of guy that doesn't find issue with talking about that stuff. But, like I said, I have not been through it. I do not know what it's like. So I'm not going to say that I do. I'm not going to say that the film is accurate. I imagine it is, but I'm not, you know, taking any responsibility for that at all. <laughs> because I'm just a guy, okay? I'm just a guy. But I do not think it's as amazing as the likes of the films I grew up with, personally, because I love Monsters, Inc. And part of me thinks this is purely because it's not had a theatrical release. Because it is, maybe it's a good thing it's going straight onto Disney+, Plus. because a lot of kids and a lot of families out there, they're going to watch it so easily just on the TV at home. Whereas I have grown up with the films having to go out to see it, like my first film at the cinema was a Pixar film, which was Finding Nemo. And I feel like a lot of kids, the last three Pixar films have gone straight to Disney+, Plus, which is not good, right, that's really not good at all, because part of the Pixar magic is seeing it for the first time, or just seeing it in general, at the cinema, okay, on the big screen. That's why I have a massive issue with them saying a Disney Plus original because it's not it was made for a theatre it was made to see on the big screen to go out of your way to go and see a film like this but no it's not an original it's not a original oh god that even on the poster it says original movie streaming March 11th off it's not anyway i feel like kids nowadays they are going to grow up and they could have said this was their first pixar film that they saw at the cinema but me personally i just do prefer the other ones that have come before it i think it's exciting and okay it gets credits for being set in toronto there's a blue jay in it i'm pretty sure there's a raptors jersey and there's tim hortons with timbits so it gets brownie points for all of those few questionable things there's 18 minutes of credits what the f is that about also there's a moment in the film when i'm not going to say too much but a lot of kids at school start paying money for merchandise every no, every single kid at school pays for merchandise for this red panda where the hell do all the kids get all the money from all right because they they earn about 800 dollars almost so how are they laundering that much money from school kids it makes no sense but anyway it's fun it's got some good hearts I didn't cry, um, maybe that is because I'm not the demographic, but that's totally fine, right, it almost made me cry, there was one point where I thought, that's beautiful, and it did almost make me cry, because the visuals and the fur, just everything looked fantastic, okay, the design of the red pandas themselves, and how fluid everything feels with the hair movements, with the facial reactions, and with some really intense, I don't know what to call it, but it's similar to the Mitchells vs. the Machines, where it does like freeze frame sort of things, but like enhanced frames, so I don't know what the correct terminology is 
for enhanced framing within animated films, but it was very clever, very unique, and I liked it, okay? I did like it, but yeah, 18 minutes of credits, what the hell? I mean, this review is going to be shorter than that, so you could listen to this review as the film is ending, and then by the end of it, you'd be like, oh, cool, the film's still going, the credits are still on. Anyway, it's good. I just think I would have preferred to have seen it in the cinema, and yeah, I, I don't want to be too harsh, but then again, I didn't love it, love it. I just thought it was good, very solid, very fun movie. Um, so yeah, that's that. That's Turning Red. I hope everybody else enjoys it more, um, especially if you're of this target audience, which I'm, of course, not, but I love Toronto, so it kind of is my audience. I mean, every single time like you see the CN Tower or you see essentially the Rogers Centre, which is the Sky Dome in this, I just smile, or I just think it's fun, I think it's nice. So the city skyline is fantastic. Uh, the performances are great too. Everybody has expressive moments. I just do wish they wore different clothes. So yeah, with that, I think that's everything I want to say. I like the ending. I think the ending's good. It goes to somewhere I thought it was going to go, but then it manages to one-up itself and go even further. So I like that. Um, I think there's some good surprises to be had. It's a perfectly good film. So yeah, I think it's better than Luca and Soul. I just don't know where I'd rank it overall with Pixar. I'm just a huge, massive fan of classic Pixar. Okay, so with that, I've been Kieran. This has been Turning Red. It's available on Disney Plus because apparently it's a Disney Plus original. <laughs> Shut up, it's not. Anyway, I shall speak to you in the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. <laughs>